Man, at the foot of the cross, what a great song. This worship has been so encouraging to me. It's just so good to be able to worship God uh, wherever you're watching this together. And I'm, I'm really excited and a little bit sad too today because we're ending our series, How to Be Victors. I hope this series has been encouraging to you. I hope these messages have connected with you. I'd love to hear from you if they have. And we're starting a new series next Sunday called All About the Feels. It's really going to take a deep dive into the complex feelings that we're all wrestling with as we walk through difficult circumstances and the trying seasons of your life. Think that's going to apply? I think it might apply a little bit to life right now. I'm excited about that series to take us through the summer months, but today we're ending How to Be Victors, and this one... Man, I'm trying. I'm trying to end this one strong. This has been such an encouraging series for me to walk and prep through and challenging too. And we're going to jump into a passage in Exodus chapter 17 and verse 8 and following. So if you want to follow along in your Bible or on a Bible app, that's a great place to just kind of put your bookmark or anchor in today. That's where we're going to be checking this whole thing out at. And before we get into it, why don't I just take a second to pray for us and uh, we'll get started. Dear God, I just thank you that we can gather on this online location together. Whenever people are watching this, wherever people are watching this, I just ask that right now you'd move in our hearts. Your spirit knows no bounds. That you would do something new in our lives. We need it. And we desperately need it. Would you help us to see you more clearly, even amidst all the distractions of life, all the distractions of our living rooms? Would you help us see you more clearly and know how to follow you better? We believe and trust that you are working in all things for the good of those who love you. Would you do something amazing in our lives this morning? We're so thankful for the cross, which has sealed our victory, the empty tomb. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> it seems like the attacks are endless. Just one thing after another as I process through my week, and whether it's dealing with uh, the crisis of a pandemic and all of the crazy adjustments it's taken each of us as individuals to try to figure out how to manage our lives, our schedules, our finances, our health through all of these crazy times and all that is, is tied into this pandemic and the exhaustion that goes with trying to figure out all of those extra things, whether it's the insane, blatant racism that our culture is grieving over right now. It just seems like there is a never-ending onslaught of attacks going on right now. And when we started this series... How to Be Victors, I had no idea actually how practical and how meaningful these talks would be even to me as I walked through these passages to prepare these messages. It seems like in this day and age, it has been attack after attack, and my guess is that it has spilled from the grand into the personal. My guess is that this has placed stress and strain in some of your hearts and some of your lives 
that you have been forced to wrestle with, how to properly deal with all of this junk that you're trying to sort through. It's been attack after attack after attack. And it's why it's so important to remember as we look back on the past couple of weeks that this fight we're in, it's not with people. It's with principalities and spiritual forces. It's with the thief that has come to steal and kill and destroy. But take heart because God has come in Christ and he has overcome the world. And he's come to give you life and peace and fullness. It's important to remember that this struggle isn't against people and we don't fight it with the same stuff everybody else fights it with. And it's also important to really remember, it's important to remember that your, that your identity is you are a victor. It's not just what we talk about on a Sunday morning. You see, this whole series has really been a deep dive into who you actually are as a person of faith. I realize you don't realize you're putting that on when you maybe step into faith or you give your life to Christ or you acknowledge what he's done for you in some sort of personal way. But the identity you are putting on and you are diving deep into is the identity we have been sorting through. You are a victor. It's your name. It's just who you are. And faith is your weapon to see you through every and any battle. I hope, I hope you got that locked in. That even though you feel unprepared when the attacks pile up, even you feel worn down as you have to walk through them over an extended period of time, I hope that you have got that reminder locked in that your faith has you prepared for any and everything and it's how you can stand it's how you can stand in the midst of the storm it's how you can stand in the midst of the chaos it's how you can stand encircled with the rage of this world it's how you can stand confident as things around you start to fall apart it's how you can stand strong even though you feel weak in your flesh it's how you can stand with courage as those around you are crushed by their fears it's how you can just stand. It's because you are a victor and your faith is your weapon. It has protected you and it will protect you. It'll help you carry on through whatever it is you face. And nothing, nothing can steal your identity in Christ from you. And nothing, no circumstance, no system, no oppression. No quarantine can take your faith from you either. Moses, he, he comes into this passage in Exodus chapter 17. There's a couple of characters that end up playing a big role in this part of the story. And Moses, he, they have, he has led the nation of Israel out of their oppression from Egypt. They are going through on their way to the promised land. And he comes to the spot where the Amalekites just attack him. It's, it's a surprise attack. It says the Amalekites in verse 8 came and attacked the Israelites. And Moses said to Joshua, choose some of your men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. This is an epic start to a tough 
battle. Moses is like, I can stand. We've been attacked from nowhere. The surprises, they keep piling up. This journey has not been as easily as advertised. I thought stepping out of Egypt was the hard part. Turns out the hard part's still coming. And that's a reality some of you are living. You thought doing that relational thing was going to be the hard part. Walking through that tough conversation was the hard part. Now you're finding that putting the pieces back together is actually harder. You thought starting the pandemic was the hard part. Now that we're getting back to normal, you're finding it's even harder. Like Moses is in this spot where he's like, man, the attacks, they don't stop. They keep ramping up. I thought this was going to be easy. And here I find myself facing new battles from new places that weren't anticipated. It's a lot like what we're going through now. You can't even turn on the news without feeling heartbreak and heartache over all of the attacks and the pain that people are suffering because of injustice in our world. You can't walk down the street or go to the grocery store without feeling the tension that people bring to the table because they're in one political party that doesn't like what another political party is doing. It's nonstop. Moses, he's like, man, this isn't what I it's not what I, I made my 2020 resolution for this to be the best year yet. Look how well that turned out. I wanted 2020 to be the year we were going to, we were going to make huge financial gains. Look how well that turned out. This has turned into a dumpster fire. <laughs> it didn't start, it didn't end up the way you had hoped it ended up in your home, maybe, in your marriage with that kid that's struggling. It didn't end up, that new job didn't end up being the way you wanted it to end up, but you can still stand. You can stand confident and at peace. You stand proud and secure. You can stand with courage in the face of fear, just like Moses. So Moses, he's like, man, we're under attack. He grabs Joshua. Joshua's the one he mentored, a great warrior who would follow him in leading the nation of Israel. Joshua's a was, they were close, and he pulls Joshua, and he's like, listen, we're under attack. They, they came out of nowhere. They're attacking us. Like, so get, get some men and go down and fight, and I'm going to go stand on the hill. I'm going to stand on the hill with the staff. You remember this staff? It's important for you to remember this staff. This is a staff when just a chapter or two ago, you all thought you were dying of thirst. I hit a rock with it, and water, fresh water flowed out, and you had your thirst met. This is the same staff when we were trapped because the nation of Egypt and their chariots and warriors were chasing us to bring us back to slavery. This is the staff I held up over the water as the water parted and we went through on dry land. You remember that? Last time I held it up, it did some stuff. Last time we took this whole staff God had given me, some stuff happened, some victories were won. This is the same staff when you were in an oppressive system of bondage. Man, I'm so glad I'm a kingdom man. It trumps politics and the systems of this world for me all the time. Anyway, Moses is like, remember when we were in that oppressive system? This is the staff I threw down. This is the staff I touched the water with that turned to blood. This is the staff that ate the other staffs when they all turned into snakes. And here he's saying, like, it's such a great start. Joshua, man, this is not what we had planned, but God's done it before. This is the proof. I'm going to hold it up for everyone to see. You can fight 
Victory has been ours and it will be ours today. Victory has been yours. He's got you here and he'll get you through this to tomorrow. He, he's done some stuff. The signs, it may not be a staff, but they're in your life. You can see them. You can take stock of what's happened in your past and you can realize that, man, you probably shouldn't have even made it this far. Somebody, come on. You probably shouldn't have even made it this far, but God has been bringing you victories and he's brought you this far and you can see some stuff. So Moses is like, listen, this staff, I'm gonna go up on the hill. Take some men, you're gonna go down there. You're gonna fight and I'm gonna hold this staff up. I wonder if Joshua, Joshua, Joshua's like what I feel like right now. He, he probably was like all preacher mode in it up. He's like, listen, I'm going to get the troops fired up. I'm going to spit a little at a movie camera, you know, like, no, he's going to go down and get the troops and give them speech. I wonder, and we don't know this from scriptures, just my imagination, but I wonder if he was down there with the guys. He goes, look, we got this fight. We're going to fight with all of our hearts. We're going to fight for our people, for our children, for our wives, for our ancestors, for our mothers, for our fathers. We're going to go out and we are going to fight whatever it takes. But look, up on the hill, you see what's up there? It's Moses, God's man. You see what's in his hand? It's his staff, that same staff, that same staff that has been a tipping point for God working the miraculous in our life and in our history to this point. That staff has overseen some incredible things and it's going to oversee our victory today. The troops all go nuts. You know, Joshua is preaching. Well, the battle starts and Moses on the hill makes this painful observation because, because it's hard to keep going. He's up there holding his staff and overseeing and as that arm starts to get tight and it starts to cramp up, the staff starts to drop a little bit. And he's realizing to his horror that as he drops his arms, his friends, his people, the ones he loves, are starting to suffer and fall in battle. Like, I don't, those are some huge stakes. Like, if he can't keep it up, man, some people are going to get hurt. Some, some wives are going to be widowed. Some kids are going to be orphaned. Like if he can't keep it up, the pressure mounts and this Moses, he sees such a painful thing. If he can't keep up fighting on behalf of the people that he loves, there's going to be pain and they're, they're going to lose. The panic must have set in for Moses. It had to, the heartbreak as he tried so hard hold it up for everybody else around him you see it was an epic start to this whole battle but here's the thing sometimes the fight drags on and on and on and on and on kind of like the last two weeks of school when you're homeschooling and you have no business homeschooling don't they just play videos the last two weeks anyway i don't get it but like uh it just drags, and, and what happens as the battles drag on is you get fatigued. The battle fatigue starts to set in. And my guess right now is that's where most of us are. Tired. Just tired of it. 
I'm tired of all of the questions and the fears. I'm tired of trying to figure out what the right diagnosis of our circumstances are. I'm tired of all the pain in the world. I feel tired for my brothers who have different skin color than me, who are suffering and frustrated. I'm tired for, for those people I love that have been oppressed and felt persecution just because they look different. I feel tired because I don't want to keep wearing all this stuff and doing all these things. I just, I feel tired because I'm not sure. And, and, I, and I'm not sure. Like, just not sure what to do or how to do it or if I can keep my arms up any longer. My guess is most of us We've tasted the bitter taste of battle fatigue. Maybe you're tasting it in your home. It seems like nothing is working to bring a relationship that is on the brink of death back to life. Maybe it feels like with your health, you're fatigued because everything, it just, maybe you're feeling alone and you can't be back with people who care about you and feel like nobody sees you. Maybe you're fatigued. I know I have been. You see, the thing about battles is they can go on and on and on, and it's not how you start the fight. It's how you finish the fight. And today I want you to know how you can finish the fight. As battle fatigue starts to go on, there's another truth about these battles. It's nobody can keep their hands up forever. I can't keep my hands up forever. You can't keep your hands up forever. We weren't made to carry these burdens all by ourselves. And sometimes even the stuff that we hold with best intention can wear us down. He was holding up something really good, the staff, a symbol of God acting on their behalf. But that staff eventually added weight to his shoulders, weakened his muscles, and he couldn't do it anymore. Even the things that you hold with the best intentions, your best actions, the, the things you do to help others, they can wear you down. They can fatigue you if you are carrying those things all alone. So it's great you've been running groceries for your neighbors, but it's probably wearing you out and eventually it'll wear you down because you weren't supposed to carry the burden of the fight by yourself. It's not how you start this fight. It's not the epic speech that you gave. It's not the great intentions that you had that matters at this point in the game. It's how you finished, and you're not supposed to finish alone. I got two things that I think are really helpful for us to remember, and the first one is the burden Jesus gives us is supposed to be easy. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, Jesus says this, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Man, that tastes so good right now, doesn't it? You want a little bit of that? Like, just listen to these words. Let them wash over your heart. This is God's heart, Jesus' heart for you. Come to me. Don't run to all of those other things. Come to me. 
Don't keep running to those exhausting places. Run to me. You're overwhelmed? Run to me. You're stressed out? Run to me. You're frustrated and angry? Run to me. All who are weary and burdened, every one of you, no matter what you're carrying, the heart of Jesus is the place you need to be to find the peace you're searching for is close to me. Doesn't matter what you're like or what you're carrying. Doesn't matter what you look like or what, what you dress like or what your skin color is like. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how many tattoos you have, how many terrible decisions you've made. It doesn't matter. Come to me and I will give you rest. He goes on. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's easy. So remember, this Jesus thing, this faith in him, it's, it's supposed to make life easy. It's supposed to fill you with joy. That's God's heart for you. That's what he's calling you to. His burden is light. It's, man, we got to spend some time learning from this Jesus. <laughs> we got to spend more time learning from this Jesus than we spend watching the news. We got to spend more time learning the heart of God. This heart of God. He wants you to experience the peace and the ease of following him as he shows you how to walk better. It'll affect everything. And mostly it'll fill your heart with joy. Uh, we got to remember that the burden he has for us is not to make it more complex or more confusing or harder. It's not to wear us out or wear us down. It's not a religious burden. It doesn't make life more difficult or more confusing. It's, makes, it's an easy road to follow him. His burden is easy. Follow him. Learn from him how to live. Learn from him how to have a better rhythm of life. Learn from him how to focus your head in the right spots. Learn from him what to give your heart to and what to keep your heart from. Learn from him how to set your priorities. What, well, who to put at the highest level of what voices are most important to you and what voices you need to turn the, way vo the volume way down on. What voices maybe you got to hit some mute to learn from him how to live and walk and find a new rhythm of life that is easy, that equals peace. The second thing I think that is so important to remember is you aren't supposed to carry any of this alone. God will always bring people to help hold your arms up. You see, Moses wasn't on that hill alone. They said, Joshua fought the Amalekites, and as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and her went to the top of the hid, hill, hid, whatever the hid is, the hill, you know what I'm saying, take it easy. <laughs> as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning, but whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone, they, Aaron and Hur, took a stone and put it under him, and they sat him on it. It's interesting to notice that Moses didn't sit down on it, it said they sat him on it. And then they held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, 
so that his hands remain steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalek army with the sword. See, you weren't supposed to carry this burden alone. You want to know how to finish strong? It's with people that will carry the burden with you. You want to know how to start as a victor and end as a victor? It's not, to, it's not to be found in isolation fighting your own quiet battles in the secret of your heart. You got to break the silence. You got to start to look for the people that God has put on the hill with you. And he has put some people on the hill with you. This community online is full of people who are standing on the hill with you. God never calls you to face these battles without him or without his people standing alongside you. And sometimes we have messed that up. We have let our brothers and sisters down. We've turned our selfish eye inward as a church. But the truth is we are called to carry each other's burdens. Galatians 6.2, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. It's the highest command. Right behind, love the Lord your God with all your heart. You, God's been moving people. Who are they? Can you identify the people that hold your arms up? Maybe it's a good time to take a time out from the life and the chaos of your mind and thank them. Thank them and remind them that you're here for them too. Can you identify the people that God has been providing for you to help hold your arms up, to sit you down when you need to be sat down, to give you rest? And if you can't identify those people, start being the person you need. Start to be that person person. You need a person to stand on the hill with you. Start to be a person that stands on the hill with others and you will find the people that God has provided for you. I love these guys here, Aaron and her. They jump in and they do four things that I think are great. You want to know how to be that kind of person and in doing so, find these kind of people to help walk you through life and hold you up? Here's some tips. One, move past the uncomfortable it's how you grow, and growing puts you at a better spot. But you have to be willing to move past the uncomfortable. They, they, they were here, and I don't know, Moses is in charge. Should we, should we suggest something? Should we help? Should we wait? What do I say? What do we not say? I'm not sure what our place is. And besides, he's been standing on this hill all day. I'm sure he's probably not had a shower in like weeks we're going to have to get all up close to the dude. It's going to stink a little bit. It's uncomfortable. We're going to be sweating on each other as we hold his arms up. We're going to be like breathing the same air. And ain't no social distancing on this hill anymore. Like we're all in it together. <laughs> you have to push past the discomfort if you want to be a person to help hold others up. And if you want people to help you finish well in your own fights. You have to push past the discomfort of letting people know who you are on the inside and what you're dealing with. You have to let go of the shame of your mistakes and start to allow people to see what you're really going through. You have to let go of the pride and be willing to get uncomfortable enough to ask somebody for help. 
You have to let go of the pride and be willing to ask somebody if they need help and then follow up even if they say no and make sure they don't need help. You have to push past the discomfort to get to a better place and to finish well. It may be uncomfortable having conversations about things that are going on in our culture, real conversations where you listen more than just spout out your opinions. It may be uncomfortable to have your way of thinking treated. It may be uncomfortable for you to start to love and show empathy to someone in a different party instead of bashing them online making them feel like they're evil. It may be uncomfortable for you to set your politics aside and have just a heart-to-heart with somebody. It may be uncomfortable for you to admit that you aren't where you should be yet. It may be uncomfortable for you to stand on a hill when you'd rather be sitting by the pool. It may be uncomfortable, but pushing past the discomfort leads you to growth, and growth always lands you in a better place. You want people to hold your arms up? Push past the discomfort and you'll find such a better way to live. The second thing is they got, they were close, man. They just got close. They got close to the one who was struggling. It can be messy when you get close to the people who are struggling. It can be messy because sometimes the people who are struggling, they're making a mess out of a whole bunch of things. You got to get close enough. Not close enough so it appears that you're making a difference. Close enough so that you actually are making a difference. You know, it's good to post on social media. I do it. I do it. I make statements from time to time on social media. Hopefully, always statements that point to Christ because I'm a kingdom man. It's okay, but you know what? Me posting on social media, even with the attention that I get on there, it doesn't really make change. Me getting close to somebody and understanding their heart and giving them my ear, standing shoulder to shoulder with them, loving them, serving them, caring for them, taking them to the doctor, I mean, that's close enough to make a real difference. How can you be close to the people that are running thin and tired? How can you push closer to those on the front lines, the, the nurses, the, the off, police officers, the doctors who are dealing with this pandemic, the, the people who drive the ambulances? How can you push close to those who are getting worn out? How can you push close to people who are different than you and see the world different than you, people of different color, different parties? How can you push close, close enough to really help? And then they grabbed something practical. It wasn't a fancy speech or an opinion. They actually just grabbed a rock. They didn't give him a pep talk. Oh, you can do it. Keep your arms up. They just actually grabbed a stone. Sometimes the best help is the most practical thing you can do for somebody. Reach for the practical. And then sometimes you got to sit somebody down and give them a break. And you got to stand for them. Be paying attention to the people who are experiencing the fatigue of life and be willing to give them a break. (laughs) Be willing to tell the mom, like, oh, take a bath. I got the kids for the next couple hours. Be willing to tell a friend, like, oh, you don't have to worry about that. I'll cover it for you. I'll pick that up for you. I'll do that thing. Be willing 
to sit somebody down so they can experience the rest Christ has for them as you stand up on their behalf. You see, everybody wins together. It's God's design. It's how the kingdom is supposed to work. It's why Jesus said, they will know who you are by how you love each other. We're in this together Nobody has to carry this battle alone. And understanding your identity and the depth of it in Christ and experiencing that is a great way to start. It's a great way to start any battle or any fight. And understanding how that, that this isn't just your identity, but that your faith is a weapon that prepares you to, to fight any battle is a great start. But you finish well together. We're in this together. And we are for you, and God is for you too. Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you that we don't have to walk this alone. I pray that we would be practical examples of that, that we would be salt and light in our communities. We thank you for your love for us, your compassion for us. Thank you that even though I fail, we fail, you're faithful even when we are not faithful, that ultimately your cross paid the price, and that one day you will restore this world and this place to what it was intended to be, perfection, where no tears will be found, no injustice will be observed, just love for you and for each other. We look forward to that time where you come and establish your kingdom. Would it be as it is on earth, as it is in heaven In your name we pray, amen.